Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is fucking killing me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. Happy Tuesday. Happy Pod Day. Happy Podcast Day. Yay. How are you, Rainy? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. That's you know. a good answer. Living la vida loca. <laughs> Taking it day by day. Taking it day by day. Good. I mean, that's all you can do. It's yeah. all that anybody can do. Yeah. How are you doing, Corinne? Um, okay. Um... This is coming out on Tuesday. Um, it feels like we are already through the month of April, even though it's only the second week. I feel like it's things... my birthday this week. It is on Saturday. Yay! Wow. How old are you turning, Rainy? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Casting sixteen to twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is your birthday. It's. I think I'm about to pull out all my patio furniture, so that's the beginning of summer. Great. Um, it feels like things have went from, like, zero to oh, 100 mm-hmm. in no time at all. Yep. Um, but I'm also just taking it day by day. Guys, the sun rises. And sets. And sets, and then it rises again, and then it sets again. <laughs> yeah. In this part of the world, anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can't stop that. It's happening. No. Days are happening. Um, oh, I booked a flight home. It's exciting because uh, my sister's having a baby. Oh, so cute! Yeah, my little sister. My mom's gonna be a grandma for the first time. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's nice. I think she's excited. Good. This week we have the wonderful Hannah Emily Anderson. Hannah Emily Anderson, who's also from Manitoba. <sighs> a Manitoba gal at heart. <laughs> I love to see it. Yeah. I love to hear it. Yeah. So obviously she's amazing because of that. And also we have a really great discussion about womanhood. Women in womanhood, women in film, women in TV, this perpetual quote unquote problem of aging. You know, yeah. are we allowed to age? What is our use to society if we can't have babies? Yes, exactly. <laughs> no. Um, but it's a really wonderful conversation. Would have been a great episode for uh International Women's Day, but uh I think we recorded it literally maybe right after it. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, she's great. She's wonderful. Here we go. Here we go. Hannah, I am like so excited to have you on, mostly because you're a fellow Manitoban. Oh, are you from yeah. Winnipeg? I'm from Brandon. Oh my God. I know, right? <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, there's like some weird thing about Manitoba that when people, when I see that someone's from Manitoba, I do this like whole like, hey girl. <laughs> Like I do like a whole fangirl moment. Yeah, I get I it. I get it. When I first moved here, I feel like I was mostly meeting people from Winnipeg and that made me oh really, really? excited. Yeah, there I just felt like there was a huge influx of like Winnipeg people who come here to act and then eventually like a lot of Winnipeggers end up um going back moving, moving home. But yeah, when did you when did you leave Brandon? Well, I went to Ryerson for my first, first year of university. Mm-hmm. So I was here in 2010 and then I left and then I came back in 2015. So I've been here since then, I guess, but like more full time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's always like such a funny, like Manitoba weird thing. When I Friendly see Manitoba. Like, Isn't yeah. that the... <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> also... Something like I put together immediately upon seeing that you were from Manitoba is that like X-Men is just like has so many like random Manitoba connections. X-Men? Yeah. 
Did you not what notice you- that? What do you mean? Well, you were an X-Men, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the original ones, there's also the girl, um, the main girl, the blonde girl is also from Winnipeg as well. She like started her career in one of the first X-Men. Oh, Anna Paquin? Yeah. No. She's from Winnipeg? Yes. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. (laughs) Like, I I knew she was a Canadian, but I don't think I didn't know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Oh, well. Me and Hmm. Anna. You and Anna. Just the best. (laughs) (laughs) Um. How was it being on such a massive set like X-Men? Oh man, it was, it was so surreal. It was, it was so surreal and overwhelming and exciting. I I remember my first day, um, I just had a, I think I just had like a costume fitting Mm -hmm. and I had just driving into the lot like I had never seen this kind of scale like I'd never been on a project with with this kind of budget and this many people and I just immediately felt like I didn't belong Mm. (laughs) and I remember I went into the lunch tent um, and I was in just like regular regular clothes and I immediately saw this um, the lunch table, the lunch room is like triggering to begin with, like it just takes me back to high school. But mm-hmm. I saw this table full of famous people, like it was just all <laughs> of the X Men <laughs> at one table. And I looked over and I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I like I didn't know anybody. It was my first day, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I can't go over there. I can't sit down and just be like, hey guys, I'm Hannah.'" I'm, yeah. Hey Sophie Turner, I'm playing your mom. Right. Um, so I just was like, okay, play it cool, play it cool. So I just like <laughs> didn't even look. I just pretended that they weren't there, and I just like kind of went through the line. And I like just was like, I was like flop sweating and kind of like really anxious. And I was just like getting all my food. And I got to the end of the line, and I realized I didn't know where the cutlery was. And <laughs> and I was panicking, and I was like, like just I hand, have to be cool. just hand bombs. <laughs> I have to be cool. I gotta be cool. So yeah. I just like, I basically just ran out of the tent and I sat, I just sat outside on a patch of grass and just ate my food with my hands and pretended to be on the phone. Like I was just like, I'm an important person <laughs> and I'm choosing to be alone on this patch of grass. It just felt like, um, <laughs> I just felt like, you know, the loser in, in high school. And then once I got um, like my first actual day of filming, mm-hmm. um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't have that feeling anymore. Like I don't belong. Once I had a costume on, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm here to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was wild. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly short scene that I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. but I think we shot for five or six days. Which is, um, so crazy. Which is wild. Like we, I spent one day, um, they had built this car rig and we were doing the, the car accident. So yeah. the whole day was just me strapped in this car doing circles in this oh, car God. and they would go three, two, one, and then they would roll the car twice. And I had to just let my whole <laughs> body go as they're shooting cannons of fake glass in my face. Right. And you're not allowed to react. Cause I'm like, 
basically dead. Yeah. Um, and then like I spent half the day just upside down for like the very end when I'm when I'm dead. Oh um, we spent one whole day uh, doing doing exteriors, so we were yeah. we were doing actual driving on the actual road, and then we spent a whole day in the studio doing the driving with the green screen and and all that stuff, and um, and then a whole day of just doing like um, stuff with second or third unit. I don't know, just doing like pictures and mm-hmm. family pictures and like little clips that would end up in the movie here and there. Yeah. So it was really, it was really wild to see, um, like to, I'd, I'd never done that kind of, you know, like driving and there's so many different yeah. things to think about. And the acting is kind of the also, like not something anyone prepares you for is like to be like ready for like how to set yourself for like special effects <laughs> like that you know oh I had no at no I point no where someone like okay now pretend you're in a car or like pretend you're being shot at you're just like I don't know oh <laughs> <laughs> it, you know? it was a huge learning curve and yeah. just like the fear and the um definitely a lot of like feelings to to overcome I can imagine I mean it might have felt different if I was one of the main characters and you're on that set for months and months and you kind of get used to it but like being in that giant space uh with all these like important people it's easy to like um get caught up in that and like kind of hard to focus on the acting part but it was really really fun when you walk into a set like that and your, your requirement is you're only there for a few days because you have like a secondary part or a smaller part, what do you do to like prepare yourself mentally for that? That's a good question. I, I think what helped is that, um, the director, Simon Kinberg, who's like a big deal in Hollywood, he was very, very welcoming and down to earth so right away mm-hmm. he made me feel like I was an important part of the story mm-hmm. and that that really helped me right um mm-hmm. in terms of just my own work I just I would just monologue at my boyfriend just like <laughs> all of my anxious thoughts and we just kind of talked about it and I was definitely like flop sweating the first couple of days and then I just thought I, <laughs> I love how you're describing flop sweating <laughs> <laughs> that's just like <laughs> I've never heard that adjective before <laughs> no I don't know where the never? word flop flop is. sweating yeah, yeah. is, is that like a common phrase I think so yeah, yeah I don't know like, exactly what it means to me it means a lot of sweat from like every <laughs> everywhere that you could possibly sweat that right. is me and I think I remember uh, I had this and I still do have this huge crush on Michael Fassbender oh and hell yeah I I was like oh my god I'm gonna meet him and I know it's gonna happen I'm gonna turn bright red as soon as I meet him. <laughs> I'm gonna die um and like the closest I got to him was in the makeup trailer he was in the chair basically next to me and I sat down and I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to do the thing where I pretend that he's not there. So I, because I, I knew if I was like, hey, hey, Michael, yeah. or whatever, that I would hey, just. Hey, Mr. Fassbender. Hey there. 
I just knew I was going to be so awkward and um, I probably would have turned bright red. So I just left it. I was like, that's, this is enough. He's beside me Mm -hmm. and um, we're going to leave it at that. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're like, you're magnificent. (laughs) I'm in love with you. (laughs) It's no big deal, but (laughs) I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah. It would be weird being... that's something I always think about is like the behind the scenes of these like massive movies where people have so much makeup especially in the x-men like so much you know there's like so much special effects and there's so much like makeup behind the scenes happening that like seeing it out of context is it like does it take you out of it completely or how do you how do you deal with it like acting wise Can you repeat the question? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that wasn't clear. I got it. <laughs> no, no, I just was like, my mind started thinking back to Michael Fassbender and then I was oh, like, distraction. <laughs> distraction. <laughs> totally. Get it. Um, when you see, when you're behind the scenes in the makeup trailer or something and you see people in like, you know, sometimes they have the spots for the special effects or sometimes the makeup is like super over the top. How does it take you out of the experience of the movie when you see people like, out of makeup or getting their makeup put on oh no no No, it really just reminds me of the the magic of the whole thing and it also makes me go oh yeah these are just people um yeah you know like Sophie Turner who's you know the lead of of the movie um she was just walking around in her robe no makeup and I was like oh yeah (laughs) who you are you're just you know you're just you're just a a cool chick and I, I ended up meeting her um, during the shoot. I was, we didn't have any scenes together, but I was in this restaurant and um, um, the guy who played my husband had scenes with her. So they kind of knew each other and mm-hmm. she was at the same restaurant with her husband. And uh, my, my co-star called her over and I was like, oh God, don't, oh, don't. And she came <laughs> over. And she was so, so sweet. She, she gave me a big hug and she was like, oh my, I can't do the accent, but like, oh my God, like, it's so great to meet you. I'm so excited to meet you. And I was like, what? Yeah. And she was just like, I've just been staring at pictures of you and sobbing for weeks. Oh, and wow. Because I play her mom and I die. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just, it was just like this crazy, yeah. this crazy meeting and that was another reminder of like oh yeah she's just a sweet person maybe if she wasn't famous we might be pals I don't know yeah yeah it's easy to get in your head about it and go like well these people are famous and and you know more important than I am but actually right just you know people yeah, yeah. humans with flaws too oh yeah yeah <laughs> I'm sure they deal with like especially in earlier stages of their careers they dealt with all the same stuff you did or you do you know everybody gets anxious everybody gets great like feels everybody gets flop sweats I hope so (laughs) also I would like to note that I looked up the definition of it oh it says nervous sweat as a performer caused especially by the fear of failing oh damn that nailed you nailed it that just cut me to my core I'm so sorry no but that's like that's what it is that's what it is for sure wow how have I never heard of that before it's deep 
it's like sweaty yeah, palms. Know. Like that's like what I, when I think of flop sweats, mm-hmm. I just think like sweaty palms. Do you guys, do you sweat? Does that happen? Do you get nervous? Do you sweat? <laughs> yes. Am I like I, an alien? I don't no. get sweaty when I get nervous. I get like my heart races mm-hmm. and I will get like butterflies. That's where I feel it. My body is like mm-hmm. in my torso. I don't think, I don't like get sweaty, like, like across my face or like, oh hands. yeah. Mm. lucky (laughs) yeah I I feel like I get like out I like leave my body for a second and I like forget like how to control everything like I forget how to like control the words coming out of my mouth (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I don't I get sweaty palms though so Mm. that's like a a big one I don't get the flop sweat I guess maybe if I've had like a coffee I'm like anxious sweating but that's just normal human stuff right coffee definitely doesn't but I actually have to tell wardrobe usually like hey p.s i sweat a lot yeah. so just so like, like it's so they know like maybe don't put me in a certain color or like mm-hmm. you can also get these like no i'm just i'm giving away too much information you can get like, <laughs> like the botox in your armpits that's supposed to help you can that, right? i actually yeah. had a friend do that and yeah, same. it works but that terrifying i'm terrified of botox is it temporary I'm- though because it you have lasts to give- for like six, I don't know, three to six. You can get maybe. it every so often, but like right. a lot of like men I know get it because really? like in their if the men that are in dress shirts all the time for work, yeah, like that's what they'll they'll get the Botox in their armpits so that hmm. they're not sweating through their dress shirts. It's tempting, but you gotta think like that's gotta be real unhealthy. I feel like in 15 years, we're going to look back at something like Botox where it's like so invasive, like it's in like an invasive botulism under the skin. We're going to be like, why mm. are we doing that? Like she we're going to come up with something to our, yeah. Something that's not poison in, into our bodies. Yeah. But that seems like Maybe. that's like 70 year old Rainey's issue. Like, let's talk about like <laughs> this. Let's talk about feeling the now in this moment. And the now in this moment is that I want it. <laughs> No, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's like, I didn't realize that people were like, that so many people were um, using Botox. And like, it actually shocked me when I realized that, because I I just, I thought Botox, you know, I thought it was like Jennifer Coolidge from, from Lily Blonde. Like, yes. (laughs) Like I thought you'd be like, yeah, you'd be able to tell. Right. But um, when I realized like there's certain friends of mine who, who told me that they had Botox, I was shocked. I look so natural. And I was like, there are moments where I think, man, I like to look like that, but right. Jennifer Coolidge. Slippery slope. No, no. <laughs> God, no. She God, is killing her. it right now. <laughs> love her to death. Love her. To yeah. If I could be anything like her, I would. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, like friends of mine who have like just baby, yeah. like baby foreheads, like they just, their skin looks perfect. And I'm like, well, that's not so bad. Man. Right. Yeah. I also feel that with like, just like acne in general, <laughs> Like, I'm like, how can I just like make all of that go away? Like, is there like something, how many facials do I need to get to just like have no acne ever again in my life? You know? I don't think, I don't know. Like, thing. I also thought it was supposed to be like done at 18. Like, what is this myth that they're telling women that like, you only get acne for such a short period in high school? Yeah, and that's then, a lie. That's a yeah. lie. I would say mine's yeah. worse than I ever was in school. Oh, really? yeah. Yes. Yeah. You- like I get hormonal acne, like around my period, yeah. like across mm-hmm. my chin and around my mouth right. way more now than I ever did. Also yeah. stress. Stress is yes. a big one. Stress does crazy things to our bodies. 
Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like that stress when you're going on set and you like have a pimple and you're just like, ah, oh. like, like this is like something like you, it's obviously something, nothing you can control, but it feels like something that you should control out of all the things. It, yeah. yeah. I, I've had, I, I've had, um, when I was working on a series a few years ago, I had this, like, I, it was such a hard time in my life and I was very stressed out and it was coming out in my skin. And I felt kind of like the problem child, you know, like I'd have to go in early um, and do like this laser treatment in the makeup trailer. And it was always just like all about how to cover it up and, and it wouldn't go away. And Mm -hmm. it just was like, you know, embarrassing and just kind of something else to have to deal with on top of everything. I've also Mm -hmm. had um, this one project where I, I was allergic to the makeup they used in the makeup test. And I did the makeup test, I think on a Thursday or Friday, and I was supposed to film on Monday and I woke up on Saturday and my eyes were basically swollen shut. Like my whole face was, um, it was like my my worst nightmare. Like I, I went straight to the doctor. I, they put me on a heavy dose of steroids and something else. And I basically just passed out for the weekend and, um, came back to set on Monday and my face was still like, I look back at that project and I'm like, yeah, that is not my face. Um, did you know immediately it was from the makeup or you just like, it's this fucking makeup or did it take you a second? I knew because I was starting to get my face was starting to turn red and it was really itchy and irritated, but I thought I just had like, I don't know what I thought it was. I thought it was windburn. Cause I had spent like the previous night, like outside for hours, but they had only done it on my face, not my neck or anything else. So I knew it was the yeah. makeup and that I've, I've had other reactions, not as bad as mm-hmm. that. Um, like the day or two before filming where I'm suddenly like I break out in a rash and I'm panicking because I'm like can't really there's nothing you can really do to cover that up so and the stress of you panicking is just and like putting and touching and putting a thousand things on it just makes it worse yeah 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 Yeah. but mostly I've been I've been very lucky with my skin It's, it's yeah it's behaved for the most part yeah it's always funny like when people talk about these like zit patches Love I think them. like the zip I get okay I have think you used the ones bullshit. I gave you I've, I've never tried yes. those I think they're bullshit but the only thing that they're good for is that you aren't touching I think the main part the main oh, yeah, science behind them working is that you're not picking at your skin or touching it's just like stopping you from having like a palatable like, touch it doesn't you know? dry it out or anything does I don't think it doesn't maybe because mine I've heard that they don't work for like hormonal if it's like under the skin and they only work if it's like a on top and I guess most of my acne is always like hormonal and under the skin so maybe that's why it never works for me Mm, but painful uh I think the only thing that they're used for is like just not touching it (laughs) it's like a weird I love pimple patches I put them on all the time (laughs) and it works for you yeah Especially when they're like whiteheads and they're like right there and like they could yeah. pop, but you Oof. instead of popping them, you put the pimple patch on, especially overnight and you can leave it for like 10 hours. You get up in the morning it? and it's gone. It's pulled everything out and then you just don't touch it anymore and it heals on its own. Mm. Maybe two nights in a row I use it. Maybe. Magic. It is magic. Wow. I use toothpaste. Oh, interesting. I don't, I don't think it actually works, but it makes me think like it's like a placebo. It makes me think like it's working. <laughs> right. 
I find that like, especially if they're like, um, like writ rose risen, like they're, do you know what I'm trying to say? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's like, they'll like pull everything you know? out. So it's flat. So it's like flat. <laughs> you're like, you know what? It's risen. <laughs> like, it's like, you're like a witch. Yeah. with the. <laughs> you got to see the hand gesture. Hand gesture is real. Subscribe like, to our Patreon. Yes. when it's like an actual physical bump the pimple pants will make it flat like flush against the skin again yeah so it looks that's, smaller that's pretty amazing i i yeah. oh yeah rufus <laughs> <laughs> um it is so crazy sometimes when i think about like all of our industries like obviously specifically with acting like how much stress you have about like what you look like when you go into work mm-hmm because your face is like such a huge part of it or your body, like for dancers as well, such a huge part of your work. Um, I don't think like, like if I was going to a bank job, sure. If I had a zit that day, I'd be like, fuck, this sucks. Let's throw a mask on. Let's throw a nipple patch on. Let's put some cover up on and we're good to go. But there is something about like being an actress, being a dancer, being in this entertainment industry where there's this perceived notion that you have no pimples and that you have no wrinkles and that you constantly wake up and there's like, just like birds flying all the time, <laughs> you know, around you like roses. If only. Um, yeah. And I, I wonder about that stress, especially for women in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a real thing. And I've, I've actually on this one project, I heard makeup artists complaining about the, a couple of the lead actresses about their skin, complaining about their skin. Um, and these were like young girls and they were having skin issues as you do. And that really made me go, Oh, like it is, it is a problem. And you are being, you are being judged for it. And it's not just skin it's hair too it's like Mm -hmm. I um even on on x-men I remember um the hair guys were French and they were lecturing me about how dry my hair was I'm sorry just men mansplaining to you about your hair (laughs) oh it really it really got me I was like and then they started speaking in French and I kind of knew that they were just going off about my hair in French and I Do wish you speak God, French too from, no I don't speak you French. don't okay mm. but I wish I could have been like by the way yes. back to them in French Je parle français. but yeah. um <laughs> I don't even know if that's how you say I speak French. Um, it was you're yeah, good. <laughs> I that that is um you know all I wanted to say at that point was like hey guys man like this is already overwhelming for me. I really don't need a lecture on how dry my hair is. Right. Like, right. Don't expect me to come here with like perfect hair and a perfect face. And a, there are certain, there are people who have made me feel bad about my, my skin or my hair in the past. And that's really um, unfortunate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know lots of actress, actresses who have, who have really struggled with, with that. And, and, um, the, the skin thing, especially like when you have breakouts on your skin, it can affect, as you know, like how you feel about yourself, and your confidence, you, your confidence. And that's, yeah. that's a really big, it's a really big distraction when you're, when the camera is right in your face and you mm-hmm. know that they're probably seeing things. Actually, I just remembered 
um, back when I was in Winnipeg and I was doing this short film, I wasn't even part of the, part of the actual union yet. And I was in this top that kind of exposed a bit of my back and the camera was behind me. And I remember the director or the first AD or something saying, can we just get a little, can we get some makeup in here? She's got some um, spots on her back that we need to cover up. And so it's like moments like that, that are really, that stick in your mind and are really embarrassing and take away from what you're trying to do as an actor. And totally. Um, so they, let's just speak about like ways that people approach things, you know, handle like, that so differently. Yeah. Yeah. Take me, take me aside, Jenny. Yes. There's no need. There's just no need ever. Or just be to, like, Hey, can we just, we're going to pause, you know, we're going to pause. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, go tell makeup quickly. You know, like it yeah. doesn't need to be a loud, obnoxious <laughs> yelling to the other, the entire cast and crew. Hey, everyone, <laughs> this teenager has some back knee. <laughs> like, Man. <laughs> so awful where it's like now I ahead of time will get the makeup artist can like hey can you please if I have any spots like can you can you cover this up can you cover this yeah. up like I'm prepared um uh, yeah and it's it's I'm less concerned about it now also because there's retouching and mm-hmm. I know that that's happened where I've had some bad spots and and they just with the magic mm-hmm. of filmmaking they've just taken it out yeah. so yeah but I also really like um, I like, I really like, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> British, British TV, for example, because I feel right. like they just, uh, the kinds of actors that they, it's like real people. You see real people totally. and it's mm-hmm. really interesting to watch. And, and I love seeing, um, I love seeing skin that isn't perfect. Yeah, or, totally. You know, it's much more interesting to look at and it really, um, I think seeing like really perfect skin can sometimes take me out of a story because I'm, I'm thinking about like, what did that person get done or what yeah. kind of makeup are they using? Whereas, um, are they I, just I, blessed? Or are they just like, blessed? <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I hope that I can, <clears throat> that I can be, um, brave enough in the future to, you know, yeah. maybe not yeah. if I have stuff, maybe just not to cover it up. Yeah. Um, it, so it's also like, so we, I mean, like you hear these stories about like these older actresses being divas and like, you know, like, you know, there's like old Hollywood stories and they're like, oh, they only need to shoot me in this light or like, please make sure that this makeup's used or blah, blah, blah. And we like criticize them and call them like divas and like, <laughs> you know, whatever fucking adjective we're using for women that day. Um, but and then you like, you're like, well, no shit. They're asking, like, they're asking for what light. Look at the criticism that they're getting behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Like, right. exactly. as an it's aging so woman, like, sorry, I'm going to like turn into an ogre and die. Like, I, don't know I was <laughs> also just thinking about this leads into the whole conversation of being allowed to age naturally or gracefully, yeah. like in front of the camera, there's like that whole gap in certain actresses careers where you just like, don't see them again until they can yeah. play like a matronly role. Mm-hmm. and that's crazy to me that's mm-hmm. like not adding you're skipping a whole breath of women or breath of people that want to see themselves on screen right. or need to see themselves on screen to like feel validated in their age in their experience of aging mm-hmm. which to me is wild yeah and it's... like comes back to the whole botox thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's so funny because this week I like heard this. I don't know if you guys heard this story, but like, I guess Sandra Bullock was at South by Southwest. 
and she was doing an interview and in the interview she said that she was going to take a break from acting and the first thing and it's like such a terrible thing but the first thing I thought was like I wonder if it's because she's getting older and there's less roles so they're using it as a PR move to say that she's going to take a break right now. But like, I was like, how terrible is it that that's the first thing that popped into my head? Like an older woman is taking a break from acting. I bet you this is the reason because there's not that there's not as many of those roles for her right now. And this is like a good PR move for her. Um, It's really, the whole thing is so sad to me. Yeah. That, you know, these older actresses like Nicole Kidman, for example, who I find her face very distracting and I feel sad for her because you know we we criticize women for mm. actually growing old and then we criticize them for doing something about it right yeah. um so it's just I I feel like as an older actress you you can you can't do anything right it's, yes no and I there you know actresses like Meryl Streep and Olivia Coleman and people who have let themselves just naturally age as you know mm-hmm. I think that takes bravery and the more people that that can do that the better mm-hmm. um I hope that I can I hope I can be one of those one of those people who is like brave enough to and and I'm not saying that that having Botox in your face means you're not brave I just think right. it's a societal thing like the, the yes. pressure to stay young forever um is a very real thing and and when you are competing for roles even in this in my 30s I already Mm -hmm. feel the pressure to um start doing that to maintain this a useful so that I can compete with other actresses who maybe are using Botox who do look um younger than than I do so it's a yeah it's a bit of a ticking time bomb like Mm -hmm. isn't it and I, I say that as like a dancer, um, it, there's this weird thing in this career where you, it's just, you're getting older. Like at what point does your worth, you're running out of time, you're running out of time. Your work mm-hmm. isn't there anymore. And I just, I know that like when I was in university, like when I was like 18, the first thing they tell you is like, well, your career is only going to last until you're 35 max. So get in the time, get it in now. They say that. Yeah. As a professional dancer. As a yeah. dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's very few professional dancers that have danced through their entire lives. Yeah. Usually so, there's like injury or they get cast out by younger people. There's like, so yeah. why, why is that? Like why 35? Is it, is it mainly in like an injury thing because your body gives out or is it, or is it society's thing of being like, I don't want to see an old I think it's on stage. I think in like of my feeling about that is that it's both. It's Mm -hmm. like there are a lot. It'll like injuries happen as you get a little bit older, and usually in like really traditional forms like ballet that are really Mm -hmm. like rigorous and hard on the body, and you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And then Mm -hmm. there's just like swaths of dancers who are younger, who have maybe different training, who are like coming up behind you that are ready mm-hmm. to like take your spot as soon as they can. Yeah. I also yeah. think it's this ideology behind dance, which is like very balletic, which is like, make it seem easy. Yes. It's like ballet is also like, 
everything like float it's easy that's what like the that's why people go to the ballet that's why you're paying a ticket is to make to see something be done easily that is impossible that is impossible and (laughs) and there's something about seeing maybe an older person doing it and it looks like work and sometimes people don't people aren't paying to go to the ballet people aren't paying their 120 dollar ballet ticket to see someone put in work maybe they want to see the float right That's yeah interesting. I remember watching yeah. I grew up watching the the Royal Winnipeg Ballet yes and Evelyn Hart was obviously my favorite I was that was like what I, who I was thinking <laughs> of when we were talking about this that's so funny and she was like in her 40s dancing and she was like oh she's wonderful. still dancing she's wonderful. I just got an email today about her a show that she's in right now god bless her yeah. yes yeah but those those women are few and far between mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I loved watching her. I loved, I was, I saw wrinkles on her face and I loved it. I, I just thought she got, she got, kept getting better. Totally. Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally agree. And the entire conversation that we just had about this, I had her in my brain and, you know, and Meryl Streep and Olivia (laughs) Coleman, but that's three people. I don't know if I could name, I don't think I could get to 10 fingers on this. Mm. Kate Winslet? Kate Winslet? Is Kate Winslet the same age as Meryl Streep? No, wait. No. Is how old? Is okay, I don't know people's ages. Yeah. So <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah. Sophia. Sophia. Who? Sophia Bush. How old is she? Oh, I don't 40s? know. Forties. Yeah. Early forties, late thirties. <laughs> yeah, forties. She's in her forties. Not quite. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Age is a weird thing in the entertainment industry that we're all just pretending doesn't exist. And then one day it knocks on your door. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like as women, just like this idea of aging in general is like put on top of us, right? Because it's like you go through, it's not just like you go through purely like boys and you like figure out your, your, your cycle right away. It's like you go through, you get your period and then all of a sudden you are of childbearing age. So you need to do that. And then all of a sudden you start to age and it's menopause and you're no longer of use, right? Because you cannot bear children anymore. And like, it's all of this, like weird, it's this weird things that are put on top of us as how useful are we are, are we to society? We're only useful if we're young, because it's all we can hear is to do is bear children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like biologically, yeah. that's all we're here to do. Right. It's really and unfair. So the, super unfair. Because men can fucking have kids till they're a hundred years old. Also just like age gracefully, like age with like this, like somehow men get skinnier when they age. What fucking bullshit is that? Are they aging gracefully or is it just our perception of men get handsome as more handsome as they get older and women? It's just what we've been told our entire fucking lives. I think it's an idea that is so built in that it's, that it's just, true for us now yes right I don't know I think that is true I agree I I just remembered I keep remembering things um and this conversation didn't happen very long ago I got a a call in January from my manager and my are we sorry are we good to record still oh yeah are we we recording oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure you're okay with that before you yeah yeah thanks for checking um and they called me and my I think the first thing my manager said was like, so you're getting older. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you. I didn't know when my birthday was actually. 
<laughs> like that was kind of the, the lead and I was like where are we going with this um you know it was like and you know you're not really the ingenue anymore and it kind of boiled down to like you're more right for more things now like you used to be too young to be the lawyer or the doctor or whatever and now yeah. you're kind of aging into it so like do better basically <laughs> like do like you need to up your game and do better tapes but like the the what stuck in my head kind of was like you're getting older as if like it was presented as if like that wasn't such a good thing right and I I'm always like I just don't really get it I really think people get more interesting as they get older and I and as a kid like more complex more just more everything you have more life experience you have more lines on your face and I remember being a kid and flipping through magazines and seeing like Andy McDowell was Mm. like a beauty icon to me Mm. and I remember like seeing all these models and they had these like beautiful crow's feet and I was like I can't wait till I'm in my 30s and like I have I have those lines too and then I got to be this age and um realized that like people don't want that yeah they don't want to see those lines they don't want to see lines on your face or their face and it like turned into this negative thing where I I feel like it used to be like a a beautiful thing Mm. those are smile lines exactly and now it's like years of laughing and having yeah. fun it's, and enjoying. I think it's so beautiful and yeah. and now you know I still think it's beautiful but it's definitely um affected by what what other people think I guess. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and there is this like thing where people like companies and like international women's days and shit they're like show us no makeup show us your wrinkles everybody's beautiful everyone's amazing and then like behind their scenes they're like ah uh, can we uh can we skin correct this in uh post or <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll fix it in post oh my god like there is this like weird thing like international women's day comes up and they're like show us your stretch mark show us your periods let's see everything yeah but not too much not, but not too, too much, much though. not the stuff we don't want to see yeah. don't give Let's us not talk don't... about tampons yeah <sighs> don't give us the real stuff no 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 only the stuff we can handle don't show us that cellulite <laughs> it is so interesting just the way that you talked how how your manager approached you like you're getting older now I just turned 30 so I had a very similar experience of people like oh my god you're turning 30 like how do you feel like all of these like almost like devastating realizations of you're getting older and I was like I'm excited you know, mm-hmm. like I was like, I've honestly been telling people I'm 30 for the last six months because it sounds better than 29. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> you know, like what's like the way that we just like frame things, even with our language, if we don't think about the way that it affects like our tone of how it affects people that we're talking to is can be, is like crazy to me. It's like the thing yeah. that that AD said about your back when you were young still makes you think about it today. Mm-hmm. and the way that people talk about age in this like especially towards women of like it is devastating is like yeah. it's crazy it's weird that's like I'm just having this like why well it just like you know? really questions like your worth yeah um 
I, I think like, cause I have issues with getting older, but it's because like my worth is in like what I do, which is dance. And like, I'm like, Oh, like that same thing. Like I'm going to get old. I'm going to get like freaky. Uh-huh. Like at what point do I start becoming the tin man? You know, like already. Um, <laughs> um, but I, yeah. And I don't know how to like, how that changes, but like your worth mm. is so much in, in sometimes in your ages in this industry and as a woman, I think that it's, I think the more women that become in charge, the better. I think men being in charge of shit, um, is where (laughs) a lot of the problems occur because it's them saying, this is a very generalized wash, you know, right. But, um, it's men at the top being like, eh, she's yeah, no, I wouldn't fuck her. Let's get someone, uh, let's get someone younger, like a blonde girl or, you know, someone yeah. you know I think but it's, it's so think, true sorry I was laughing because it was just so accurate the way they <laughs> <laughs> it was what I imagined every conference room sounds like yeah just like well, would you fuck her eh. I don't think so she's too old she's too she's got lines she's got lines in her face we don't like that um yeah <laughs> we need yeah. more people like Kate Winslet who advocates for other women and herself um Mm -hmm. in the way that she wants to show her I'm not going to call them flaws because they're not yeah um you know she's you know don't like uh the the mayor of East Town I think it's the the show that she did right yes um where she was like no don't don't put all this makeup on me and Mm -hmm. like she wanted to show her face and she wanted to look like a woman in her 40s because she is a woman in her 40s and Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we have more, uh, leaders like that in, in, um, higher, you know, in, in positions of power, uh, mm-hmm. better off we will be. Yes. Yeah. I think women are better at showing empathy and appreciating you as a human being. And Absolutely. so that they can take those steps to like, make sure you feel good. Like I have friends that are like, I have friends. <laughs> I have heard from multiple friends who work in like corporate environments, the best managers they've always had have been women mm-hmm. because they take care of you as a human before they take care of like, or they try to manage you as like an employee. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. It's so true. Um, on a bit of a, a different note. <laughs> yes. We're gonna, we're gonna do a little bit of a left turn. <laughs> Hold on. I just coughed my halls out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> do you know what? Thank you because I had no transition. So that was really perfect. <laughs> Leave it to me. Yeah, the lead in is great. Thank you so much. Um, you spoke a little bit about, and I know this is something that all artists feel is the what's next. The what's Ugh. What's happening next? What are you in next? Have you been in any? Have you been in? What have I seen you in? Have you, uh, are you trying to trigger me right now? <laughs> I was like, like, nah, wouldn't fuck her. <laughs> Whoa. There's multiple little men. There's three policemen on horseback just walking down my street. All right. Lots of things happening. There's St. Hey, Patrick's Day, guys. All right. <laughs> Sorry, where are we? What's next? What's next? Is that what you want to know? Yeah. Um, no, nothing. This, this no. question that people ask you, like, what's next? What's going on? Uh, yeah. What have you been? What have I seen you in? It really drives me nuts. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my worst nightmare, because this has happened, is being stuck on a plane next to someone who's who is like red over my who's like red over my shoulder. Like I think I was reading a script or something on a plane, and someone kind of started reading over my shoulder, and they were like, "Are you an actor?" And that is like my worst nightmare. Yeah, and then yeah. we start getting into the the first question is always what have I seen you in? Which is bizarre to me. I just don't understand it. I just think, just really think about that question for a second. Yeah. If you were an accountant, I would have been like, whose taxes did you do this year? (laughs) Yeah. Are you a famous accountant? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then I don't care about you and you're not successful. Yeah, exactly. Totally. uh, It's like, first of all, assumes that I know your viewing habits. Mm-hmm. which I don't, because I don't know you. Right? Yeah. What do you watch? I have no idea. Uh, mm-hmm. This this one man on, on this plane was like, what have I seen you in? Like, what have you been in? And I was like, I don't know. What do you watch? And he was like, cartoons mostly. And I was oh, like, my God. okay, so, so nothing then. <laughs> I'm a real human person. So <laughs> he really just hadn't thought about it. Um. It makes me like kindness and because bless their hearts, it's out of curiosity and it's strictly yes. out of them trying to make conversation. But man, if I ever just want to punch someone in the face in that moment, that's <laughs> Oh yeah. Just like yeah. the urge to just be like, my God, that is such a stupid question, which I would never say. And I do understand, like I said, you know, in my email, why people ask. And if I wasn't in this, this industry, maybe I would ask, be asking the same I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. that's a stupid question. Um, I had one incident where I was out with my family and I don't get recognized. Like, it's very rare that that happens. Mm -hmm. But this girl was sort of eyeing me and I was like, oh no, she's coming over. She's coming over. (laughs) She came over and she was like, are you an actor? And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And she was like, what have you you been in? Mm. And she it wasn't like her saying, Oh, I saw you in this. And I really, it was like, I had, she wanted me to go through the list of things that I've been in. So she could be like, "Mm, no, no, I didn't see that. No, no, maybe it was this. And then we finally got to it and she was like, Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. But I was like, this girl just made me list off my entire resume. (laughs) You're like bringing up IMDb. You're like, is, I don't, is is it, is it best? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so interrogating <laughs> it was it's it's just a strange thing to assume um, to make those assumptions like mm-hmm. you know maybe mm-hmm. ask like well how is that for you mm-hmm. or like what's that like totally or, there are people who ask those questions um, and don't go straight to like are you famous and who have you like who, what famous people have you worked with Mm-hmm. And I know they don't mean anything by it, but to me, it comes across like a challenge. Prove mm-hmm. to me that you are an actor, that you are a successful actor and yeah, that you're famous. Cause yeah. if you're not any of those things, then like, you're not a real actor. Like that's kind of what I feel like they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole what's next thing I know is a conversation piece. Um, but I also just, 
you know, it, maybe it would be different if I, if I was an actor who was getting offered things all the time and I had a whole year of projects lined up and that's just never been my reality. Mm-hmm. I never know what I'm doing next. Mm-hmm. So I assume that other actors um, also don't know what, what they're doing next. So I, mm-hmm. I never ask that question. Mm-hmm. And even when I'm working on a set, people on the set will ask me, so what, like, what's next? Like, what are you doing next? Or it's like people on the crew or something. And like, they don't understand that they are, they have like a few jobs lined up and that I don't. And so I end up just being like, (laughs) it's a dead end conversation because nothing. And it's, it's triggering because, um, you know, it just makes it feel like you're only as successful as the last thing that you did or the next thing that you have lined up. Right. And you can't just like be in the present moment and enjoy being on this job and, and knowing that this is going to end and that's okay. And then the next thing will come. Yeah. 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 Which is also like strange because to be, to do your job, I think as a performer really well, you need to be present in that moment. Mm-hmm. For so sure. like why am I thinking hey why are you asking me what's next and then why do I need to be thinking about it right in this moment yeah like I like I wasn't thinking about it or stressed about it but now that you asked I am yeah and like I'm now I'm it. now I'm worried about it should I be worried and yeah. I kind of want to be rude and be like nothing and walk away from you yeah. <laughs> we can just make them feel bad yeah and start, yeah just start really crying. blunt yeah <laughs> Yeah. Do you get that it question? Makes... Do people ask you that question? Yeah. All the time. All the yes. time. How do you respond? Uh, sometimes I lie if I don't want to have a conversation with them and I just am not in the mood to be self-deprecating. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes I just say, I don't know. Or sometimes I change the subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember a lot, especially when I was younger and I was telling people I was going to school for dance them being like, well, what kind of job is that going to get you? Or like when I told them I was a dancer, it's like, so you think you can dance? When that was like Mm. a big show, I was like, do I tell you that there's so much more to dance without sitting you down for 10 years to tell you Mm -hmm. my entire like trajectory than those like three minutes you see on TV? Yeah. You know, which I also like assume is like similar for acting it's like there are the very famous few that everybody sees that are very public figures then there's the thousands of working actors that do that like yourself do the jobs that come that you know their years aren't they're like 10 years aren't laid out in front of them because they have 10,000 contracts that they could pick from right you know like there's so much in between and so much nuance that I don't know why it's not allowed in performance Mm -hmm. because no one asks like my partner who has like a corporate job that like, Oh, well, but like, where, like, what's your next job? They're like, Oh, mm-hmm. congrats. You got, you're in your role, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's making me think I just listened to this thing with Michael Schur, who's like the wonderful creator of like parks and recreation, you know, the good place, mm-hmm. all these, mm-hmm. yes. you know, like he was on the office and he like has been really into like, obviously because of the good place, he like was super interested in like more, like morality and like mm. ethics and everything. And he was essentially like talking about how we are immediately like ingrained as children to like 
work hard, get an award, work hard, do this mm-hmm. work here, get the job, buy the first house, upgrade to a bigger house, get a vacation home, um, get the next car, get the next role to get more money to get this thing. And right. there's constantly like, we're constantly awarding these achievements mm-hmm. that like realistically speaking are are worthless at the end of the day not worthless but like they're just like you're constantly thinking like what's the next step yeah so you get to this point and you're happy for like a millisecond mm-hmm. and then you're immediately like what's the next one and then you're disappointed mm-hmm. and then you get to there and then you're I'm again happy for like 0.7 of a second what's the next thing worthless. And once he, like, he had to basically decide in his brain that he was like, I'm done putting like worth into like those type of achievements. And I just need to work like how I work. And again, this is like a very privileged standpoint. Like let's acknowledge that Mm -hmm. you say, I want to do what I want to do and not acknowledge these achievements. Extremely privileged. And you also have the privilege to like follow your dreams and passions without worrying about money. Totally. And like, let's talk about this as like a white man saying this in Hollywood, of course, (laughs) but it was an interesting thing to hear. Like you just need to stop focusing on like the what's next and the what's like the what's next and like what the achievement is of everything. And just like, enjoy the work that you're doing in the moment Mm. was what he was saying. And it was like such a beautiful, like thing that I just like want to incorporate into like my everyday life and also Mm kind of leads into like stop asking people what's next because why are they why are people asking what's next like we shouldn't as human beings whether you're an actor whether you're an artist whether you're in a fucking accountant let's stop asking that question in general you know right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I I would I would love for that to happen you know like uh, yeah ask me how I am Mm -hmm. see what I'm doing currently if you if you want um but mostly what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis has very little to do with my career. Yes. <laughs> I'm not living my career. I'm living my, my life. And as a friend of mine once said, your career, your career isn't going to be there to hold your hand on your deathbed. And it was like such a simple statement, but it really, um, really hit me. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so totally. true. And I, I think we have this idea that I was listening to this podcast um, called The Happiness Lab. Yes. Which I highly recommend, especially for artists. And uh, there was a guy, um, I think it was Adam Grant. He wrote this article about languishing. Um, and it kind of went viral. It's a New York Times article. And he was just talking about our, our worth as people. Um, I think I actually have the quote. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Second. Okay, it says, he was saying, one of our noble lies is that you only have dignity if you have paid employment. And if you don't, or you've been laid off or you're taking care of children full time, you're looked at with suspicion. Why aren't you working? Why aren't you contributing like everyone else? And we need to get rid of that so work can play a more supporting role in our lives. Replace mm-hmm. that with, we have dignity before we ever work, or even if we never work. Think about the newborn and young children that we rightfully cherish and value. And we need to build structures that will honor and recognize that dignity. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. We, totally. we do not think of ourselves as, or other people as worthy um, beings with dignity if you're not working if you're not working or you're unemployed you're you're lazy or you're there's something totally wrong with you, you know I just yeah. really like that idea I think we should all 
think about um, adopting it. Yeah, I think that really comes to head, especially like in the capitalist society that we exist in, right? Like we are only again valuable if we're adding to the system that continues to roll our economy, right? Money. And mm -hmm. money, money, money. And I think that also came to a head in the pandemic where everything came to a halt in the realization of the work that we were doing, where did it stand if there was nowhere to go, mm. right? And it's like, oh, we can do this thing called basic income and support people without forcing them into minimum wage, high labor jobs that they don't care about. Like how much more valuable or how much more enjoyable would our world be if we could just support everybody's basic needs mm -hmm. and allow them to have hobbies and lives and enrich them without having to make them work 50 hours a week just to get by, just to support their families. I agree. Like what, what is the point of that? I mean, capitalism, if it's just like <coughs> never controlled yeah. wheel. Um, but really what's the point? Like you, you Doesn't... work and work and work and work. So it means you can survive. Um, yeah. And then you retire. And if you're lucky, you have a few good years and then you die. Yeah. It's like that doesn't sound like a life worth living. Pretty backwards. We should really, you know, he was just this Adam Grant. I think that's who it was, was talking about trying to make work more of a supporting role yeah. in our lives, which is difficult because it's not something that is supported by, um, we're very lucky to live in Canada and, and yeah, yes. you know, healthcare and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're very privileged, but um I just wonder if that's ever going to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'd like to hope that this, like these new generations coming up are starting to understand this and it's being spoken about more mm -hmm. that maybe, and with COVID, maybe that was like the peak to change a lot of brains into to thinking that, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what's yeah happen. i mean in ontario we have to vote out the conservatives at the next election before they privatize health care yeah. <laughs> that's a scary thought yep yes <laughs> and just remembering elections are coming up so we will keep you posted on when to <laughs> register Ash myself um, with water <laughs> take. <laughs> hannah we have a question to ask you yeah is being an artist fucking killing you yeah of course it is. Cool, 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 cool. Of course it is. Like, no doubt, no doubt. I, I was listening to shout out to Patrick Quanchian, um, to, to your your podcast episode with him yesterday. I think this was back in like 2019, and he was like going so back long ago. About like, is yeah. it killing me? Is it not? And I was like, just say that it is, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> just just say that it is but I, I mean I think he's right in that um it is and it isn't but mostly I would say 80% of the time it is fucking killing me I uh, brilliant name by the way I laughed so hard when I first read that title um because it's just so accurate I think I fantasize about quitting all the time yeah. I fantasize about you know just calling my agents and manager and just being like peace out I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And, and, and how, how freeing that would be to just release myself from this crazy fucking industry. Mm. What would I do though? I don't, I, I don't know. You That's know, my, I think my ultimate dream is to live in the woods and grow my own food and never talk to anyone again. Um, 
but have a pig <laughs> maybe a sheep know. a goat if you can, I don't know if I could like I have to I have to learn how to garden first I'm actually currently trying to teach myself how to do that I want to be able to grow my own food um but I um it's really painful this mm. industry there are some really beautiful things about it what I love about it is I have a lot of free time and I've gotten good at having free time. <laughs> Sorry to, to laugh. <laughs> I enjoy, <laughs> I, enjoy <laughs> I enjoy my free time, my fun employment time, and I and I enjoy my leisure time. And I I'm a v- truly introverted person. So I enjoy being alone and you know, most of the time. The the hardest thing, I mean, there are so many hard things about this industry, but um the there's there's never really a sense of like I guess hard work does not guarantee success true you can work and work and work and and like I said you know keep banging your head against a brick wall and it doesn't mean that you're going anywhere Hmm. and the last you know a few years have been have sort of felt like that where I'm I'm um I keep getting close to things and I get closer and closer. And then at the end, I'm not the final choice. And then I have to work through that and let it go and move on. And it's like kind of this continuous thing. And um, I am a believer that, that uh, things happen for a reason. I have to kind of believe that. So I don't uh, go crazy, but I think there's a lesson in there. I think I've been, I've been, um, taught to be more humble many times when you have to struggle uh to get somewhere i think i think struggle is a good thing there's nothing fair about this industry there's nothing predictable about this industry it can be very cruel and it's painful to constantly put yourself out there you're constantly overcoming obstacles and and fear and all of these things that feel Mm. like they're against you and um, that's the main work as an actor. That's the main job is like, it's just doing the work to overcome these constant obstacles. Right. And um, it just gets really, I just, there, there are just times where I just reach a breaking point and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. I quit. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I, 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 I go, okay, <laughs> I don't I don't quit, but I'm done <laughs> approaching it this way. And so I'm going to try it this way. I'm going to, um, but really it's, it's just, yeah, it's a painful industry to be in. That's kind of the, mm-hmm. the bottom line. And even if you are working, it's painful to be exposing yourself constantly. You're kind of yeah. just like, I think actors are, and artists in general are like these sort of raw nerves walking through the world just being like please don't please don't hurt me yeah. <laughs> don't touch me, <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so the answer is yes <laughs> oh thank you so much Hannah this has been thank such you. a treat yeah this was fun thanks ladies if people want to find you where do they yeah where do they find me yeah um if you want I'm to share the woods, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the woods. <laughs> smoke signals. <laughs> I, will be, I will be in the middle of nowhere attending to my garden and my chickens. Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, I don't post a whole lot. Uh, Hannah Emily Andy is my 
is my handle. I've been locked out of Twitter for <laughs> years, so I don't use that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, if you like today's episode, um, if you have any questions, go leave us a review. Go check us out. We are anywhere on your phone, basically. Um, hit us up on Patreon. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram at gal pal prods thank you so much for today and we will see you next time thank you